Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground, taken on secret identities in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV, you've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unvarnished views on the air Candid. So we disguise our voices so they'll never know. Um, this week we have six outstanding value ideas, but before we get to that, a couple of caveats. First, As we do every week. Every week. Right. That goes without saying. Even last week, um, when the show featured a guest star named... Tony, Tony Banks. Banks. Thanks, Tony, for being on. Yeah, thanks to Tony. Um, this show is for entertainment purposes only, and that's soon going to be apparent um, because uh, Lord knows if there's any good stock ideas. No, I there think are. You just I'm went kidding. down a road. I had no idea nowhere. what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, and then also, we may have many conflicts of interest. And I don't need to get oh, into we do. all that. Anything you can Forget imagine. The could we be do. Going we have on. lots of conflicts. And finally, most importantly. We may have a complete lack of knowledge about anything regarding these stocks. We're I know just, I don't know much about back my after stocks. Work. That I'm recommending uh, we week. are professionals <laughs> during the week, but here it's after work. We're kicked back. We're looking at value line like we've been doing for many years, and we're just commenting on stuff they haven't sharing in the a refreshment line. and yeah, um, looking about for stocks ideas. Uh, I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about three uh, names this week: Sally Beauty, Omnicare. And an interesting one, they manage many prisons in America, Ooh, Corrections Corp of America. I've looked at that. Yeah, that's, it's uh, just uh, it's like a bond of some sort. But before we get to that, uh, with a, a great deal of ado this week, for reasons that have to do with the, streets? Uh, the snacking uh, con- uh, opportunities from last week, which I'm not sure I'm I, I think yeah. the snacking opportunities uh, this burn week are good, too. value. Burn, take it away. Thank you. Sure. And, and thanks to everybody for listening to this week's show. And I'm going to... Was that heartfelt? Yes. <laughs> just, you know, wanted to okay. share a moment yeah. with our listeners. Are you tearing up? What's up with you? Please, do we have to talk about this right now? I have a great stock that I'm going to lead off with here, and it, it probably, it, I think it may get better as we go. But the first one is called, I've never heard of this company before, Comtech Telecommunications Corp. Okay. They are based in Melville, New York, on South Service Road, and their business is the design, development, and marketing of innovative product systems and services for advanced communication solutions, which is a lot of syllables to say really nothing that gets me any closer we to understanding what they do. What they do. Uh, it conducts its business in three complementary segments, telecommunications transmissions, why are you talking about this if we don't really know? Fifty percent of sales is telecommunication transmission. Mobile datacom is forty percent. RF microwave amplifiers are ten percent. Amplifiers are a physical product. I think this company makes physical products. It's listed in the um, telecommunications equipment industry by value. Are they line, suppliers so. to the Bell uh, Regionals to the local? Well, telecom? I you know I just don't know. It doesn't say anything about. Mm. Their, uh, uh, their served markets. Hmm. So there's some discussion here about um, mobile data being sluggish. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, uh, but they're up in the 
business that's 50% of the business and in the amplifier business, they apparently have some order backlog. I have one word for you. No numbers here about how big. Can I interrupt? No, go ahead. Skype. Thank you. Okay. What does this have to do with Skype? Uh, Well, Skype, you can obviously have a phone call with someone for no money using the existing Internet infrastructure and they probably right, don't but sell you need, anything. But you need that. more and more transmission equipment because know. there's more and more bandwidth being transmitted. I don't know if they're in on that. Maybe they are. I don't know why not. Okay. And they have a very interesting revenue growth rate, but they also, if you, even though it doesn't tell me anything about their, uh, uh, about their served markets um, outside that it's, you know, telecommunications applications in large volume because it's a half a billion, 600 million uh, annual revenue company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some mention here by Value Line in their write up that government spending will help them, so that must be a market. And certainly, government spending is going to uh, contribute more than uh, or a larger share of GDP, and there's an interest in spending money on infrastructure, and transmission infrastructure is uh, probably an area that's going to get some of that. What really attracted me here was the valuation in conjunction with a business that must add value. Operating margins used to be in the low teens. Now they're in the high teens. Hmm. Uh, return on capital used to be single-digit numbers. More recently, 12 to 14%. You're doing something. Okay, so... This year they're down. They've clearly they've made an acquisition. It's mentioned in the first paragraph of Value Line's report. There's some mention of integration costs that are depressing earnings in the short term, uh, and there's um, uh, the claim that this company has uh, uh, already um, uh, expensed most of what they're going to have to that represents excess integration costs. So there's been some pressure on margins, which apparently are expected to go from 20% to more like 16 or 17%. So maybe that's, you know, you're going to get some relief on that number at some point. Uh, There's clearly some cyclical pressure on the business. I love the valuation. The balance sheet has no debt. There's, uh, what is that, $8 a share of net cash on the balance sheet. So instead of a $30 stock, it's really more like a $22 stock. That makes it 10 times cash flow, which is a benchmark that we like to try to get under. If I look at the inter- you know conventional enterprise value to EBITDA valuation, I have the $850 million market cap, equity market cap, no debt, but I can take off the cash. So about a $600 million enterprise value, and there's about $100 million of EBITDA, that's what Value Line's looking for in 2009, with margins down as they uh, handle the absorption or they absorb the integration costs of this acquisition they made. I so what they I've got a six times do. multiple. Yeah, I wish I really knew what they, yeah. what kind of equipment they make. Um, there's always, uh, you know, is there credit risk here? I guess maybe for their customers, um, there's probably a capex element here that might be seeing some pressure cyclically. But I'm looking at uh, in March and April when the stock was sliding and trading and it was very volatile and traded between the low 20s and the uh, low 30s. There were six inside buyers in March and one in April. I think that's interesting that uh, 
you know, those who should know um, saw that it. as an opportunity, right? Um, this company came public in um, the early 1970s, it says, but in some other identity. Uh, they did some, um, they've sold uh, stock a couple times, so I guess they, you know, could look to do that if they needed to make a big acquisition hmm. or fund something. I don't know. In terms of capacity. Anyway, the symbol is CMTL. You ought to take a look at this because it looks, uh, it looks pretty, pretty cheap. About this and, one? Well, I'd be more excited if I knew what they do. <clears throat> yeah, you don't seem that excited. Um, it, it's hard to get very excited when you. Now, hmm. I, if you like Comtech Telecommunications, it's six times. I've got a four times enterprise value multiple of EBITDA on something called NII Holdings. The symbol is NIHD, recently around $19.50. And this is the former Nextel International Operations, which apparently were limited to Latin America, serving Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Peru, and Chile. From what I can tell from the write-up, Chile is a recently entered market, and really most of the business appears to be in Brazil and Mexico. A lot of pressure on business currently. Uh, revenue uh, expected to go down in 2009 after a period of very rapid growth. The stock, apparently investors were looking for this to happen, peaked at around $90 in 2007, so is down you know, 50 bucks from that point. Uh, and a little more value line, consequently, because they clearly expect the business to be around and return to some more normal, or to return to evaluation on something that's more normalized. I have a question, if yeah. I may. No, go ahead. Um, are these guys providing Internet access? Services include what? digital voice calling, text and numeric paging, and two-way radio telecom, okay? You don't this make This is any basically, money. they have wireless licenses that cover a market almost 400 million people. Uh, part of the issue, I think, here is that this balance sheet, a little different, uh, half of uh, uh, balance sheet capital is uh, debt. Um, what's our, uh, our book value is uh, 1260, 1250 or something like that. So significant premium book still. But I get a uh, enterprise value of about uh, I've got 3.2 billion of equity and about 900 million of net debt. There is some cash on the balance sheet, so I've got about a four billion dollar enterprise value. And um, this is a, I would think, a very rapidly growing market. Uh, they, uh, Mexico has uh, been under some economic pressure, and uh, the uh, value line animal analyst has cut his estimate for new subscribers subscribers that are being added in Mexico by, what, um, less than 10%. But it just makes the point that it's growing, and the question is really just how, you know, how fast. And, uh, um, you know, they, they ran into, you know, sick, you know uh, naturally some cyclical response to slowing global economic growth and more unemployment and things like that. And what had been a real high flyer is now dirt cheap in terms of valuation. And I think you have to take a look at this. Um, you probably something you have to own for a while to really get the value out of it. But, uh, you know, worth a look. It's, uh, you know, it serves similar markets as Comtech, but uh, a lot cheaper uh, and in part probably because of perceived balance. I passed on that whole section this week. But 
Yeah, there's uh, I mean, almost all a lot of these of commodities. Commodities, right? Well, a lot of well, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's certainly going to be um, new product development. Well, you in want to space. see their patent so portfolio. You're going to get equipment. You know, you're going to get differential competitive advantage. The question: How long it lasts? And whether you can get paid for it? And I don't really know. But uh, these uh, valuation metrics, four and six times on. Depressed numbers sort of tell you that the market's decided that it is more of a commodity. Or the capital product. goods cycle stretched out. But a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, disenchantment with commodity uh, providers provides an opportunity to buy some quality at, uh, you know, a unusually large discount. And uh, now I've got. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about before I run out of time. I want to talk a little bit about auto parts. Value Line doesn't like any of these. Um, most of them look cheap. Um, a lot of them, there's several of them that are under $2 a share. need to be very careful here, of course, because... Because uh, no uh, one's buying autos Well, well not only are, is no one buying a new car, but, um, you know, the, the automakers, the big three, the traditional big three U.S. automakers, are, are shutting down plants for months at a time. And, you know, huge disruptions in supply chain. How do you... In already a thin margin business, how do you plan your production levels around a situation like that? And when those people finally come back and start producing cars, you're going to need to make a huge working capital investment. So you're going to need a you're going to need financial partners or a lot of balance sheet capacity just to start the business back up. Could be compounded if you're a survivor and a bunch of other guys have gone out of business. So um, this is a really tricky space. These stocks have done really well. Off of the bottom, Wabco, one I picked, WBC, Value Line printed it with a stock under 17 today. You know, the stock's almost $18. Um, the, this one I wanted to point out simply because it cars are very uh, little of its exposure, according to Value Line, 4%. Most of it goes to commercial vehicles, aftermarket, and OEM business. Um, the uh, the heavy-duty truck business is in the toilet. I think everybody knows that. These numbers are huge, down 40, 50, 60 percent, depending on what North American or European market you're talking about. This company's, uh, you can see it in their revenue uh, forecast by Value Line to go from over $2.5 billion to about $1.5 billion in one year, ladies and gentlemen, from 2008 to 2009, just like that. The, uh, uh, but the valuation is intriguing because when the in- industry is producing at normal volumes, uh, this company earns uh, decent returns. And <coughs> traditionally, the commercial vehicle industry is a leading indicator uh, for economic recovery. In other words, it's an early cycle business. So uh, WBC is uh, going to be an opportunity to play that space in a way that um, – you know, it, 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 it's not the not obvious Navistar play. You need to know, you know, the supply chain to be able to pick this one out. Um, this is a really, you know, good little company. Could be an acquisition target because it's pretty small um, in terms of just total size as well. So um, I've actually used a little more than my time. You really sorry have about that. You really have. I apologize. We we spent a I'm lot of time napping. talking about what I don't know about the first two stocks that we were. Uh, that What's I was talking sleepy? about, but uh, okay. Well, anyway, break. That, that's yeah. what I am. We got a beverage break here. What, yeah, I'm in what, plastic this what week. What kind of beverage break is that? Mm. Mm. I think the listeners ought to know. We go to great lengths to provide the show. 
because it's an excuse to drink, frankly, from our wives. Uh, but You'd never uh, guess that. No, I mean, it's obvious. We've been doing this a long time. Uh, but it's very late. We're not, I'm a little less prepared this week than I'd hoped to be because I just, it, you know, logistics. I think I probably sounded a little Yeah, sleepy. I don't want to say a lot, but we're like meeting in an airport in a strange place and uh, between meetings. and. But we're making it happen. Making it happen. I've got, this is Val Hughes. Let me guess, three toiletries companies. No. No. No, Vern, no. Oh, okay. No. We're not, this is not a show about guessing. Uh, three value ideas this week from Val Hughes. <clears throat> um, big picture, they're all about important themes and trends in society, wind at your back, and they're cheap. <clears throat> now, I know that it's confusing when the uh, recovery seems to be going along fine, then it's canceled, then it's back on, then it's canceled. Just turn that off. Look, uh, it appears we've bottomed. Study past events, we've bottomed. And an important component of that, a little known, I mean, most people aren't focused on this, this mark-to-market rule that eroded all the capital of the banks and other lending institutions and make it, made it impossible to lend money, that's been quietly sort of reversed. So uh, capital's more secure. You've seen a lot of people raise capital. So the lending should start to flow. And the important news I would, I've seen is just we're not in an abyss. And so you can start to curve out how this thing might evolve and all that. Um, and you can start to try to take advantage of bargains when you get comfort with some of these trends that are just based on being humans. For example, first up, Omnicare, ticker OCR, page 776. What do they do? <clears throat> They're one of the pharmacy management uh, services, compete with Express Scripts and some others, um, the old Medco. And they get as involved as an intermediary between the people that need pharmaceuticals and the people that sell pharmaceuticals, and they drive bargains by driving a lot of volume, and they try to drive costs down. So in, embedded in all these companies is really a big mail-order pharmacy uh, for people with ongoing care needs. So they get, you know, they don't want to have to go to the store every week for a chronic condition. They, in mail order, can send much bigger quantities, like months at a time, and you can build your cost structure around that. And so uh, this has evolved, these big uh, pharmacy benefit managers, as a way to drive volume, keep pressure on prices out of the uh, pharma industry. And they've developed very high margins. The best guy in the space, which I have talked about on the show, but it's had a run, is Express Scripts. And they're a great business. There was a time to buy them a few years ago when they got under some pressure for who knows what, accounting issues, when everyone was having that issue. But now they're six times booked. They have a 30% return on capital. They trade at 16 times earnings. I thought, did you, have you looked at Farmerica? I thought, it, I looked at it this week. I thought it looked kind of interesting. I did not. Hmm. I did not. Maybe, maybe a future show. So, uh, Express Scripts, great company. Not recommending it. Why? Well, I'm looking at Omnicare. I'm looking at, uh, you know, the potential uh, government uh, takeover of the healthcare industry. And so you might think, well, gee, Express Scripts, 30% returns, how are they going to justify that? Aren't they overcharging somebody? And they're multiple, 16 times. They need growth for that. What if the government comes in and says, look, we need your services, but 
I'm going to write on a piece of paper how much you get paid for that. You can turn it over and then you'll know your revenue. You know, who knows what's coming. The beauty of Omnicare <clears throat> is already 42% of their businesses with Medicaid, I'm sorry, Medicare, 10% Medicaid, 52% of their business is already with the government. That explains why their return on capital is 7% versus Express Scripts 30. Okay, They also have an 11% operating margin versus, I think, I didn't write it down here, I think Express Scripts is, you know, in the 20s. So this is a kind of poorly run company, in effect. Their earnings, their revenues don't grow, but... Part of the reason what is... What is it you like about this Well, thing? here's what I like about it. They're already doing <laughs> Their business returns with are the government. They don't no, it's grow, about the but... government takeover. Okay. They're already involved. They're already providing the least quality of care possible, and you can tell this by their margins and returns. And if this comes through, they're going to gain a lot of share because they're already in a relationship with the government. If the health care system gets radically changed and we go to some sort of Medicaid system for everyone, Omnicare is right in place. Express Scripts has had issues with the government before, so I think a risk that's not in Express Scripts stock price right now is just this government involvement in health care. Omnicare seems perfectly well positioned. There's six times EBITDA. But that you means, said poorly managed. Right. Here. You're expecting that to Post change, office, I guess. Okay. Post office. They're like the post office of pharmacy benefit management, and that's what we're going to need in this new environment. And they're already, here's the point, they're already doing business with the Medicaid people. They're plugged in to the future of health care. I'm not a fan. So you might be they able to will tell. have a growth rate right. that's positive in the future. The point is right now they're at, if this doesn't happen, they're already at six times EBITDA. Now, private equity buyers could pay six times. That's a 16% return on cash. And if I get this pop in market share as a result of the government, uh, that's just gravy. So it's kind of an odd idea in that I'm just trying to play this government move into health care a little bit with Omnicare. It's a 40% it's a discount to the market PE, whereas you know Express Scripts is at a huge premium. These guys are selling at a discount to book, warranted by their poor return on the book. But if I'm right, well, first, I'm not a fan of you know, the government getting involved in health care. But if it happens, I think these guys are very well positioned, and you might make a little bit of money. It's nine times earnings, Omnicare, OCR. Next up, Sally Beauty, SBH. What's the need in Sally Beauty? And if I didn't mention it in Omnicare, it's the need for low price stuff by the government. Sally Beauty, the need is beauty, okay? We've got 5,000 years of human history that says people want to look good, and they sell uh, salon quality, you know, products, salon products, hair products, beauty products, at, uh, you know, discount prices. They're in off-center malls, off-price malls. Uh, they also supply the salon industry <clears throat> with private label goods. And, uh, you know, it's a business where they're gaining share. They put up 13 15% returns on capital the last year. It's moving up 16 17%. The stock's at 6 A big uh, ownership position was taken a few years ago by, I think, a smart private equity firm around 9 I own this. Uh, it's the old distribution arm of Helene Curtis that spun out and now can target all brands. And they're slowly building up their brand base. 
their margins are marching slowly higher. Uh, one of the reasons it's cheap, my opinion, is they have negative equity just from the spin out, and a lot of places can't buy it on that basis, so it screens out. Well, let me ask a question. Please, Fern. If I may. Absolutely. Anytime. In, in these uh, sort of second rate strip center locations they're in, given high bankruptcy rates and rising vacancy rates yeah. in those locations, isn't yeah. that a threat to some of their traffic? Well, these are destination stores. Unless you're shopping the strip malls, I mean, people are seeking high-quality products at a low price, and they drive to Sally Beauty, park in front, go inside, and get stuff and leave. They're not just roaming around like you would at a mall. It's Why not does a, Walgreens sell some of that stuff, for example? Uh, they don't have nearly the breadth. This is a 4,000-square-foot store filled with this stuff. And uh, they also sell at discount rates, which Walgreens does not. You know, Walgreens makes a huge markup on all their non-pharma stuff. These guys have a low markup. And so um, I think that you're going to find a much better value at Sally Beauty. Not to say Walgreens isn't a great company, but a lot of their value is convenience and location. These guys are very much inconvenient, but uh, they deliver a good value. And, again, I think that what, what's happened is they're going to get people trading down from higher-priced stuff. Uh, they're going to get, you know, older, the demographics. People are, you know, using their products longer. Men are being taught to use these sorts of products as they get older. Younger girls and maybe boys are using these products. Well, I have so to agree with you. The so. audience is getting bigger. The huge markups in the department stores and stuff and the Walgreens, people don't like to pay. It's a value. Okay. Sally Beauty. Uh, SBH. Thanks for that eloquent <clears throat> answer. Thank you. And it's not rated by Value Line. It's a spin-out. People don't cover it. Finally, Correction Corp of America. I haven't left myself a lot of time. Page 829. Sally Beauty is now, 815. Now, isn't this a business that, like you were talking about before, where the government's going to say, you're going to make 5% and that's just it? Uh, well, okay. Uh, Correction Corp of America, they manage prisons. They manage 65 facilities, many of which used to be government-managed. And the theme here is that in this era of, uh, you know, uh, cash-strapped state governments, California but others are going to try to turn over these prisons to other people. They're in a position to gain share. They earn 6% on capital, and that is a very low return on capital in the sense that it's going to be hard to compete with them on a cost or price basis and do well. They earn a decent margin in the 20s. Uh, their return on capital in part is based on what they're willing to pay to add prisons or the low price they might bid up front to win business, and then they win it back over time. Their returns have been marging higher. Their operating margins have been marching higher. Eight times EBITDA, to me, that says 12% cash-on-cash return. You might get 4 or 5% growth. That's a 17 18% returner. And I think this is as secure as a bond. So I haven't left myself a ton of time. But uh, the theme here is market share gain in the prison population, and uh, it's cheap. Correction Corp of America. How does CapEx compare to gross cash flow? CapEx is, um, let's see here. Yeah, well, you know, it depends. It moves around a lot depending on what's going on. Cash flow per share, 2 bucks. Stock at 16 A CapEx this year, particularly 140 It's It's hovered in that range. A couple years ago it was 4 bucks. That does move around. Uh, but, again, enterprise value to EBITDA is 12%, and that's a cash, 
you know, before CapEx, I'm assuming all their capital spending is cash flow positive and net present value positive, so that washes out. Favorite idea this week is going to have to be, uh, I don't know, Vern, uh, probably Omnicare. OCR. My, my favorite is uh, Comtech CMTL, the company that. Bye, everyone.